Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. The Adventures of Bradley and Donna, My Talk 1071, Everything Entertainment. It's Happy Friday. We have Paul McGuire Grimes in the studio with us, and of course, Mike is here, our producer extraordinaire. Whoop, whoop. Hey, Don. Hey, Good to Paul. See you again. Good to see you. So there's some things we want to talk about involving streaming this hour that you've um, been so kind to join us. And um, also, I wanted to start off with uh, The Mandalorian because I'm pretty sure all three of us watch it. Yes. Season three, four episodes have dropped so far. Yes. This season Disney Plus. Yes. Um, now. I hear you have feels, Dawn. I think it sucks this season. Oh, <laughs> coming in hot, y'all. It feels all right. So I just, I feel like it sort of looks like when you're watching it, I feel like I'm watching like Xena Warrior Princess. Everything is so clean and it looks like a theme park. Okay. Okay. That's mm-hmm. my first problem. I'm like, I know what you're doing. You, there are parts of the theme park that involve mm-hmm. Baby Yoda, Mandalorian. So you're just making, setting people up to come to the theme park. That's mm, what I feel a like. little synergy there. Yes. In the Disney branding. Yes. And then I just feel like nothing really has happened. And if it, if it has happened, I feel like there's some things that they've taken that were mysterious and cool, and they've sort of made it like, well, everybody, if everybody can be that, then why do I care anymore? Mm. Have that kind of an attitude. Yes. Yes. But other than that, it's colorful. <laughs> Did you watch Andor? Yes, I loved Andor because I felt like it was going in such a different direction for Star Wars. Mm -hmm. It was a much longer season than um, like Obi-Wan or Book of Boba Fett or even Mandalorian. And it really felt more mature. Mm -hmm. It felt like I didn't always know where it was going, but I was trusting that it was going in a great place. Mm -hmm. Loved the characters. Loved the kind of spy thriller theme of it all. I feel like Mandalorian this season. I feel like the first two seasons felt so good and they looked great. I felt like, wow, I can't believe this all looks so real. Yet Mm -hmm. the special effects actually looked great in the first two seasons. And this season two ended with them separating Mandalorian taking off his helmet. Yeah. Oh, we've got some stakes here. Right. And all of a sudden we pick back up. They're reunited. I actually stopped watching Book of Boba Fett because I didn't care for it. Oh, okay. Um, so, and then I didn't care for Obi-Wan. And I'm like, what is happening to my love of Star Wars right now? Oh, Fast no. forward to Mandalorian. I don't love this season either because I also don't know where they're going. I know. And I'm like, what is the, what are the stakes here? I, where is this going? Now, the third episode was kind of a uh, an offshoot episode. Mm-hmm. Introducing new characters, introducing a completely different kind of uh, world. Like, we didn't really have Grogu. We didn't mm-hmm. have... Um, the Mandalorian. Um, so I felt like, okay, well, this is interesting, but let's, let's, I want to feel like this is still included. Mm-hmm. So of course I'm going to finish the season, but I also want to feel like it's going somewhere. And I remember John Favreau, creator, showrunner, writer, director, um, has talked about, he doesn't really know where the show is going to end. 
which is kind of a red flag for me. If yeah. you set up this universe, you set up a show and you don't know where it's going to end, Hi. then where are you going? Right. So High I, American TV, not British TV. Right. Because they know the end when they start yes. most of the time. Yeah. And which that's is why, why they only have three or four seasons. Exactly. And, they're not drugged and a Christmas out special. And right. a Christmas special, yes. <laughs> um, so I've, I will keep watching... But I find myself frequently pulling out my phone, looking at something else while I'm watching it. I did think that this week's episode was a little bit more back on track. Grogu was funny. I think, um, um, what's her name's character? Katie Sackhoff. Uh, Why am I blanking? Uh, uh, Bo-Katan. bo um, I think we are seeing some interesting things with her character. But other than that, I like, I need more. I need more. And they sort of... It seems like that whole sense of urgency, the threat is gone, you know, yes. because they were seeking and trying to find Grogu. And yeah. you, they set up this world where we have to protect the child. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, well, all right, we're yeah. just going about our business. We And we even met Ahsoka in season two, the yes. Rosario Dawson character from Clone Wars. Yes. That was a that great... Was awesome. That was awesome. And maybe we'll get her again. I know she's getting her own show. I just don't want to feel Star Wars burnout from all the Disney Plus shows. I feel like that's... Because that's what's happening with Marvel, and I'm getting very particular about the Marvel Disney Plus series now. I just don't want to feel that way about Star Wars. I don't want it to feel like content. I want it to feel quality. Oh, I 100% agree. Yeah. Mike, you can disagree with us. Yeah, I know absolutely. that you're watching it, too. No, you don't. You don't? Because I'm not watching it. Oh, you're not watching nope, it? Nope, never have. Never oh, wow. have. I thought we had a conversation about it. We absolutely haven't. Oh my god! Uh, I, uh, you know me, I'm, uh, I'm not a. I wouldn't say completionist, but um, I need to see everything. Uh, and before I com- jump into yeah. Mandalorian, I really need to get caught up, if yeah. you will, on Star Wars yeah. stuff. And it feels so intimidating right now that I haven't dove in. Oh, I got lost in Marvel, and now I won't watch any of them. I'm right. the opposite. Yeah, I'm. I'm still lost in Marvel, and still in Marvel, and trying you to catch it. up on everything, and stay up to date on everything, and watch all the different spinoffs and it's it's tough oh i saw a list somewhere where they're i mean they basically had um in order how you should watch watch the everything marvel and mm-hmm. it was 47 different projects oh, right. movies because, series yeah. like what and and they did it in order of the world right so hey not just the phases right but like timeline so you could be watching something that was filmed in 2018 but you need to watch that first in the world before you watch something that was done in you know 2016 i think marvel might have learned their lesson after this last year with people understanding that they have too much content and now needing to space it out and i think because of the hesitance regarding dr strange the multiverse of madness getting bad reviews thor audience mm. is not loving thor love and thunder oh, audience right. is not loving ant-man the wasp quantumania right. i think some of their tv series have not done as well as they had hoped that they need to slow down and then put the quality time into it because they're stretching their special effects artist too thin. And you can see it in the work. Oh my gosh, You can see yes. it when watching Ant-Man that the special effects are not good. Yep. But the same way about Doctor Strange. And when you look at the credits and you see about 25 different special effects houses working on any given project, mm-hmm. it's not a good thing, in my opinion. <laughs> like, because, hey, can you clean this up? Like, hey, we're, now we have to go on to move, do the next Marvel movie. Can you now clean we're up gonna this? We're going to pass this on to you. Yeah. And then where's the vision there? Where's the consistency in how you do it? Because then that's different budgets. That's different tools. It's different programming. Yeah. Not to get too inside baseball on. No, but really, you're right about that. I never yeah. thought about why it doesn't. 
some of these things don't look as good. It's like, did we go backwards? I'm confused. Right. You know, we're we're used to and we're spoiled almost yes. by super highly realistic looking things. Mm-hmm. And now if you take a little bit of that away, it's like a bad well, video and game. And we're also relying on it so heavily to do the work mm-hmm. instead of hiring actual artists to build a set. Right. Now you're like, oh, we can just screen screen this and post. Mm-hmm. And then it looks fake. Yep. And then uh, at least... I'm catching on to it. And then I get judgmental. I'm like, I wonder if that actor was filmed separately because there's something off here. (laughs) And that was brought up with the latest Shazam movie. Yeah. Is the post credit scene. A character comes back. And I thought myself when I saw it, I'm like, this doesn't look right. Ooh, can you talk more about that after we take a break here? Cool. Well, thank you for joining us on this lovely Friday. We're going to talk more with Paul coming up next. The Little Blind Spot. Hey, my talkers, Bradley here for my friends at Little Blind Spot and Hunter Douglas with huge savings for 2023. If ever there was a time to visit the Little Blind Spot showroom, that time is here. Right now, select Hunter Douglas Duet Honeycomb Shades qualify for a U.S. federal tax credit of 30% off the purchase value, up to $1,200. That's right, I said $1,200. Hunter Douglas Honeycomb Shades are designed to conserve energy at the window in any season. They trap heat inside the honeycomb fabrics during the winter months and keep cool air inside your home in summer. It's like they were made for Minnesotans. Hunter Douglas Duet Honeycomb Shades are available in many fabrics, including light filtering, room darkening, and blackout shading options. Visit the Little Blind Spot showroom in downtown Hopkins today for help from the best experts in the business. Or you can visit them online at littleblindspot.com. And don't forget to tell them Bradley sent you. Sing it with me. The Little Blind Spot. We're big on service. The Adventures of Bradley and Dawn on my talk. 1071 Everything Entertainment. Everything Paul McGuire Grimes. He's in the studio. You don't like that? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so Paul is in the studio. You can uh, catch up with him. Paul's trip to the movies. Yeah. Um, social media at Paul's lately? movie trip. So, um, okay, so Shazam! Fury of the Gods. In theaters right now, I saw it. I talked to the cast. Those interviews are now on my YouTube channel. I'm going to cool. that, yes. And what's interesting about that movie, I didn't care for it. Again, very special effects heavy. Didn't necessarily love the first one. And this one, I thought, was just a bloated, too much thrown out of sequel. Didn't care for it. But what's interesting about the ending, so if you want some, like, backstage drama with with Warner Brothers DC right now is that this movie kind of fell under old leadership. James Gunn okay. and Peter Safran oh, are leaving right. up the new, the new what we haven't gotten there yet. But what was going on with the world of Shazam is that that character and the Rock's Black Adam are within the same little universe right. and should be together. Well, the Rock didn't want Zachary Levi's character of Shazam in Black Adam and really didn't want the characters from Black Adam to make an appearance at the end of Shazam like they were supposed to. So they were supposed to kind of merge these two movies together, and The Rock apparently didn't really want that. Um, Is there a reason for that? I think, well, yes. He brought in Henry Cavill back as Superman at the end of Black Adam to, like, say, yes. So there's kind of a lot of drama there. And they're like, yes, Henry Cavill's back. It was a great cameo. Uh So he kind of sacrificed the Shazam character to bring back Superman. So then at the end of Shazam, we were supposed to have members of the Justice League of Superheroes that was in Black Adam to then send Shazam, whatever. I'm getting too granular now. But the point is, they weren't in the movie. They brought in another superhero to make an appearance at the end of Shazam. Mm. I don't want to give a spoiler, but it's all over the place right now. And when it happens in the movie, 
I thought there's something off about this perf- this uh, appearance. <gasps> right, you were just saying that something uh... off, and I was like, did this actor film their scenes somewhere else? Mm-hmm. Not even on the set as all the other actors, and they just superimposed because we've seen that before. It's happened on Grey's Anatomy. It's happened on The Good Wife, where actors mm-hmm. are doing scenes together and they're not even they're together not in, in the, the same, same room, nope, not even in the same country. You can film an entire movie that way if you want. Absolutely, to. <laughs> with stand-ins. Yes. yes. Yep. So then it came out this week, the director, who I did interview, talks about how, no, that is that actor. Like, I hear what you're saying about it doesn't look good. However, it was filmed in London. I couldn't be there to film it. So I was directing the scene in another country. He apparently had visa issues. So mm. it doesn't make sense for the why the effects look kind of cheap. But that also goes to the larger point we're talking about of too many special effects houses working on one movie and relying too heavily on special effects to build these worlds when you can then see the dimensions not looking right between actors and their backdrops. Yeah. Is that why the, um, in the Mandalorian this week, we had something that looked like something from the Muppet show. Possibly. (laughs) And you know, the thing about Mandalorian is that, Grogu is a real thing. I know. Like, it's not a CGI Yoda or yeah, Grogu. It's, it's yeah, a real animatronic puppet. Mm-hmm. But and, but some of the rest of it doesn't look good either. I don't know. There was a lot of effort put into it, but I also was like, what? Right. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about John Wick yes, 4, which yes. is in theaters now. You know, listen, Keanu Reeves is back. There is something about him that audiences love. You know, if I think for a while he got a bad rap, but he now has done three Bill and Ted movies, mm-hmm. four Matrix movies. We're now on the fourth John Wick movie. And this is in it. He plays this retired assassin that is now brought back into the fold as an assassin. This secret organization known as the High Table is after him. And he's then John Wick is kind of on the loose. Mm -hmm. And something big happens at the, the beginning of four that kind of sets this in motion. And it is a two-hour, 45-minute ride. No, non, wow. It's long, nonstop action, martial arts with like special weaponry, high-tech weaponry, special effect martial arts, set against really visually stunning set pieces. You know, I talked about, we were just talking about CGI, mm-hmm. building these worlds. I actually feel like these are real worlds. Like they're filming on the streets of Paris. They're filming like in a Berlin rave. They're filming in a hotel. Like... You are seeing real sad pieces. And the cinematography, the lighting to shoot these is stunning. And it's a very controlled camera, too, that's watching the action. So you can feel like you are in it, watching Keanu getting beat up time and time again, dodging bullets, dodging whatever. And that's part of the fun of it, too, is how much how much of a beating can he get to? All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms and you can also find it on uappodcast.com i'm bradley trainer and i'm don mcclain we have a podcast called blinded by the item a blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out it's a guessing game and you can play along the item might be like this a-list star carries a birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel.
after hundreds of assassins are on him and he gets back up again. And keep, oh I God. lost count how many times a car <laughs> hits him and he just gets back up again. Oh gosh. Well, I love the John Wick uh, series. I just love it. Do you like it because you're a gamer? Because people tell mm-hmm. me that this feels like a video game and it, I don't play any video games, so I don't know what that looks like. Or I would is, say so. And uh, you would watch John Wick. Uh, feel free to jump in here, Mike, if you... You're into John Wick? I uh, again, sorry, I have not oh, seen no. John Wick at okay. all. Any of them? You're okay. fired. Yes. No, 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 no. Fired. <laughs> totally, totally fine. Totally fine. I shouldn't have, have assumed. But with the last one, um, I really, I mean, it just, it was to the point where the fight choreography is so amazing and beautiful. And like you said, the camera work, you're in it. It's an art. Like it's real it's artistry. Like dance. It. it is dance. Yes, it is, it is dance. just like I mean, dance. It's I. It's just unbelievable to me how they can film these sequences that are like 20 minutes long and it's choreographed it's like one shot it seems like and you're just like what what did it take to rehearse that right um so Chad Stahelski, who is the director of all four, so we got, and we've got the same visual eye throughout all four of these, which is great. He used to be a stunt coordinator, so oh. he's got that eye and that background, and I think he even worked on the Matrix movies with Keanu. Oh, okay. so he knows Keanu's style, and when you can actually see the action, you feel like you're within it. It makes you feel it. Oh. Where I'll watch Marvel movies, I'll watch some other, you know, The Fast and the Furious, and the action gets so muddled. The editing is every second it's shooting to a different like camera. A Michael Bay I'm movie. like, what like, is oh, happening? No. Yeah. Where the this is this is beautiful. Beautiful. It's really beautiful. I will say you feel I, I don't leave movies feeling exhausted <laughs> except for John Wick movies. And you know, it's almost like my boyfriend and I described it as fight fatigue mm. because mentally we're in it. And yeah. so I feel like I'm on a roller coaster right. and it's like my eyes and brain cannot take it all in. Yeah. But it's still enjoyable. I mean, I love it. And there is some humor. I mean, there are times where I know that the director is like purposely testing Keanu in the audience to then get a reaction out of us. And okay. there's a big sequence that happens at the end of the movie. I don't want to spoil the setup. But... At once something happens, you just laugh because it's so ridiculous yeah. that you're enjoying the fun of it. Bill Skarsgård, who we know as Pennywise from the latest It movies, mm-hmm. he plays the villain, totally leaning into like Bond wow. villainy, heightened, cartoony, perfect. Donnie Yen plays a blind assassin, so part of him is just phenomenal what he do as this oh blind assassin as well and the little tricks that he uses to know when people are around him. Ooh, I yeah. can't wait. And it's really rare, I think, that you get a series of four films that I don't feel like the storyline has fallen off into some oblivion where you're like, okay, now it's bad and it's just a good fight movie. Right. I feel like the storyline is pretty yes. solid. You right. Know? You can kind of trust it. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and so it's impressive. It in, is. In that- it, it, and because, and they, these movies just keep getting better because they trust the formula. They know what audiences want. Kind of like Fast and Furious. Now those are good and bad. There's yeah. some bad ones in there, but they know what audiences want. So they go for it. Great. More with Paul coming up next on My Talk 1071. The Adventures of Bradley and Dawn on My Talk 1071. Everything Entertainment. Happy Friday. We have Mike here. 
just having a great time with us, hopefully, producing. Oh, and- absolutely, always. <laughs> and and uh, we have Paul McGuire Grimes in the studio, of course, filling in this hour for Bradley. And what are we supposed to be watching on streaming? We've got a lot of season twos that people are excited about. Yes. Okay, okay so a season two that I want people to kind of get their ear, kind of get ready for is Schmigadoon season two coming to Apple TV Plus in a few weeks. Okay. If you're like, what are you talking about, Paul? What is Schmigadoon? What is Schmigadoon? So Schmigadoon season one is now streaming. It's six episodes. It's starring Cecily Strong and Keegan-Michael Key. Okay. Um, as a couple that are going through a bit of a rough patch. They go on a little couple's retreat. They find themselves in the middle of the woods and all of a sudden find themselves in a whole other universe that is a musical. Oh. And it's a musical based off the golden age of musicals like Brigadoon, Sound of Music. Oh. And it also stars Kristen Chenoweth, Alan Cumming, Ariana oh. DeBose, uh, Jane Krakowski. So all these fantastic Broadway music yes. theater people in it. And they're like, where are we? What is happening? And that is basically the first season. Of and Martin it's only six, and episodes. six episodes. Okay, so now you're talking. Long. Half yes. an hour. Half an hour. Six episodes. I could episodes. watch it before the end of the show. Exactly. <laughs> so if you know your Broadway or your music theater history, mm-hmm. you will love it because there are so many Easter eggs written into all the songs. They're like, oh, I know that number from this show. Or oh, I know that number sure. or what this character represents. So that's the first season. Season two comes out in a few weeks. And where we pick up is they end up now. So those two characters, Cecily Strong, Keegan-Michael Key, they mm-hmm. still play the same two characters. Now they end up in the world of the 1970s, early 80s era. Ooh. So now we're talking about Chicago, Cabaret, Hair, Pippin, a much a darker universe. Uh, Titus Burgess and Patrick Page join the show. And if you know that era of musicals or you love yeah, that, uh, you will, oh, oh, you will like recognize. It's like <gasps> they, the creator throws everything in there. Dove Cameron plays like the Sally Bowles type character in okay. it. Um, Kristen Chenoweth and Ellen Cumming play a Sweeney Todd and Mrs. Lovett type. Mm. And that's that's what I'm going to spoil and tease. Since Ellen Cumming was um, in Cabaret. Cabaret. Yeah. yeah he, so you see them the all playing very different types of roles that they wouldn't typically be cast in. But no. here, it's so funny. And the wordplay, the music is genius. Jane Krakowski in the third episode has a phenomenal number. She's so good. So good. So I got to talk to that entire cast. Those will be up on my YouTube channel in a couple of weeks. I hope that people, you don't have to be a Broadway lover like myself to enjoy the show. It's just so fun and clever that I hope people enjoy it. And in order to see Cecily Strong do something that we're not quite used to, she's released great as well. It's such a good time that I hope it puts a smile on people's face. Oh, great. So watch season one right now. You've got time before season two launches, and then you'll have a great time with season two. Oh, my gosh. Well, that is awesome. Just briefly here, speaking of Alan Cumming, um, I I just love him. He was so fantastic in The Good Wife. Oh, did you watch The Good Fight? Well, I tried to get into it, but so many of the characters weren't there. Oh, And so I felt like I missed them so much, and so I fell off. Okay, so we we are a little behind. We're currently on the fifth season. Okay. And it's once you kind of get past that and within the world of what... Um, this this law firm is like you enjoy it. Right. I feel like you can get into it. Audrey McDonald is great, and even there's a lot of actors that leave in between seasons four and five, okay. which kind of then shifts the dynamic of the show a bit. 
and how it mirrors reality because it's very it's a very topical show. So sometimes you're like, oh, I don't know if I even want to get into that right now, but it's great. Christine Bransky, oh, a well, goddess, right. I mean, she, obviously. Right. Her and Audra together, you can't get any better. Oh, my gosh. Mandy Patinkin is in season five. Oh. As this judge that has, like, a rogue courtroom in the back of a copy shop. Oh. And he's, like, doing things what? out of order and not, like, he'll... Oh, no. It's hysterical. It's really good fight. Paramount Plus... Yeah. All six seasons are out now. Wow. And then Alan Cumming, if you ever, um, if you're interested uh, in, he has a great book, a memoir mm. called Not My Father's Son. My husband so Ryan good. has read it. Yes. I have not yet. It is in our library. He loved it, right? Oh, of course. Okay. It, it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend that as well. Okay. So what else is, first of all, can you wiggle that mouse for me real quick? Wiggle, wiggle. There we go. Thank you to keep us logged in over there. I'm sitting in a different place and it's something Bradley does. Um, Okay, so what else is, it looks like... um, So are you a Shrinking fan? I haven't watched Shrinking. Okay. But Love it. I know that everybody loves it. It's the season finale is out today. It did get renewed for season two. It's from the creators of Ted Lasso. And I love that it just blurs drama, comedy, life. Mm. You know, that middle area where you're like, life is not going well right now, but finding something funny about it to just kind of latch onto or to acknowledge sometimes when life doesn't like life cannot sometimes isn't funny. Harrison Ford is hysterical, should win all the awards for it. And Jessica Williams, who you may know from The Daily Show, is really good at it, too. She's another therapist that works with Harrison Ford and Jason Segel's character. So it's about. Psychiatrist. Yeah. Okay, I had no idea. Oh, okay, so okay. it's a show about psychiatrists. Jason Siegel's character is in a rough place when the show starts because he's a recent widow and not doing great. Okay. He offers some really bad advice to his clients. His clients are basically like, you're telling me what it's like, and maybe that's not the advice you should be giving me. So part of that is how the show opens mm. and goes. And you just love these characters. And as every episode goes on, you just love, every episode just gets better and better. Brett Goldstein, who plays Roy Kent on Ted Lasso, is one of the writers on the show. And it has just that really good voice and tone that is fantastic. Cool. And that's just one season now. And well, where do we watch Shrinking? That's Apple TV Plus. Okay, that's another. Ten episodes. Oh, okay. Season two, it was renewed. Okay. So that, it'll be a while before we get season two. Gotcha. Okay. And I think it's just an Apple TV, which I have, mm-hmm. Apple TV Plus. Mm-hmm. I don't watch anything. I, I just don't. I don't watch Ted Lasso. I'm going to fall out of my chair <laughs> right now. Um, <laughs> I've never watched The Morning Show. So this is a little inside a little baseball. too close to home. That's okay. I... <laughs> I mean, I was on a morning show, but I know it's TV morning yeah. show. I, I have a good relationship with the Apple people, so I do a lot of interviews for the cast of uh, Apple shows. Okay. So I've been talking to a lot of them, which I see a lot of their shows, but I really like a lot of their product. Next week, they have a movie coming out called Tetris, mm. which is about the creator of Tetris and how one guy tried to get the rights for the Game Boy version of it. Oh. And it is like a spy thriller about the world of Tetris. Whoa. It's really well done. Taron Edgerton... Uh, plays this okay. th- plays the guy trying to get the rights. Oh my god! And the fight that he goes through to get them. Oh my god! Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. I need. I don't know why I don't watch. Five ninety nine a month. 
okay. to really do a ball. Well, we we get it free with our phone service. Ding ding like ding. T-Mobile that's or the something. thing. Yes, yeah. we have the same thing. Yes, yes. Yeah. So yeah, that's easy to do. I can click it on any time. I just don't think about it right. because they don't do as many original shows. If I'm correct, right? I mean, you you just can't keep up with the other you, streaming services that are I pulling think you in so all the time. So all the other streaming services that we forget about Apple, but Apple has so much content that I think you forget about because they also have another show out right now called Dear Edward. From the creator of Friday Night Lights, it stars Connie Britton, and it's about the aftermath of a plane crash and all of these survivors that are kind of having to deal with that mucky survivor grief place. Whoa. Connie Britton, husband passes her. away yeah. in the first episode after this plane crash, and now she's dealing with all of these secrets that pop out regarding her husband. <gasps> no. Taylor Schilling from Origins of the New Black is in it, and she's then related to the the title character, Edward, who is this little kid. So the only person that survives this whole plane crash is this young boy mm. and the pressure that is on him now because he's like, oh my God, you're the survivor. And people are sending him all these letters, these oh. Dear Edward letters. And it's Oh, it is called Dear Edward. Dear Edward. Oh, All wow. these different like characters have their own storylines going. One of them is a is gonna is following in the steps footsteps of her grandmother who was a politician really so it's a good I'm way behind on it but it's good I'm going to throw you a loop here okay and just, do it <laughs> like we did not talk about this there's no you might not know anything but have you heard anything about when the second Squid Game is coming out or anything about the filming I have no idea okay I did not get into the first season oh it was one of those like. There's so much content. Uh-huh. I didn't catch on right away. Yeah. And I thought, I don't feel invested to go back and watch it. Yeah. And I didn't have to. So I said, okay, I'm not going to. Hey, I I completely understand. Yeah. I am into, because of Mike, watching you. Oh, yes. Which, uh, Penn Badgley. haven't watched it. But I know Penn Badgley's in it. Uh, Victoria Pedretti, who I really like from The Haunting of... Hill House and Bly Manor, she's in it. Yes, she is. She's in the second season, and I don't know if she's in the next season. Probably I, I don't not either. the way I, it's I, going. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know because I don't watch I just know that she's in it. And then Lucas Gage, who's very popular right now, who I l- have love and have a little crush on. Oh. He's in the current season. If you don't know who he is, he was in the White Lotus season um, one yep. with oh. Armand. He's the one that gets caught with Armand. Oh, Yeah. If you know what I mean. I sounded like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, Foghorn Lane's girlfriend. Who is she? Been, have you been entertained or introduced to Jen Ortega's character yet? From Yes, I have. Okay, That's yeah. In she's se- awesome. season That's, two. That's the first time I was introduced to her because I didn't know oh. her from her Disney. She's stuff. she looks so young. Yeah. Yeah. So I, mean, I first met Jenna. She did a movie with Netflix. You literally called, met Jenna. <laughs> well, I zoom. Yeah. I did interview her yeah. before she became huge. Uh-huh. She was in this movie uh, called Yes Day with Jennifer mm-hmm. Garner and Edgar Ramirez about a family where they all decide on one day they're gonna have a yes day where the kids get to pick to do what they want to do. And Jenna Ortega plays the middle child. And I interviewed her before, again, before she was, before she was Wednesday, before Scream, before X, before her run right now. And she was delightful. Oh my gosh. Well, that is great. Um, Well, guess what what we're going to do next? Oh, Oh, well, we can, we actually have a couple more minutes. Other curveballs. Mike, anything you want to ask Paul? I mean, he's just a wealth of information here. Yes, he absolutely is. I know we didn't quite get to it, but also I believe dropping today is uh, the good person. Mm -hmm. Is that right? And that's the uh, one that was uh, Florence Pugh along with. uh, Yeah, so Zach Zach Braff wrote and directed. uh, Stars Florence Pugh Mm -hmm. as a survivor of a car crash. She was driving her two soon-to-be in-laws. 
gets into a car accident. The two of them die. Ooh. And now she is struck with this grief. And now a year later, we find that she is addicted to opioids Jeez. and is trying to get her life back together and meets Morgan Freeman's character, Dan, who is a former alcoholic, uh, who is related to the people that died. So there's this kind of struggling relationship yeah. between the two, this kind of unlikely friendship between the two. And it really is a story about recovery, addiction, really topical. And it's Zach Braff. So Molly, um, he does throw some humor in there. There are times where you laugh, but I really was so moved by Florence's performance, Morgan Freeman in a role that we just have not seen from him in a very long time. Mm, so touching. I felt like I knew these characters. Mm. There's something about what Flo did, what Morgan Freeman did. I'm like, I know you. Like, I know someone in this position or I know someone that has been an alcoholic that had ruined relationships and is just trying to make life better. Mm -hmm. And But we also see him tempted by the bottle all the time. Mm. We see him grabbing it and then putting it down, really struggling with his sobriety. And what does that mean? I was just really touched by the movie. I do have interviews with them on my YouTube channel with Zach Braff, uh, Florence Pugh, who's phenomenal. And then Molly Shannon. So Molly Shannon and I got to talk about comedy and drama wow. and that relationship together. And she's also in that? She plays okay. Florence Pugh's mom, who is in that position of, I don't know how to treat my daughter. And there are scenes where we feel like she's enabling her daughter because she doesn't know what's best for her. Man. I mean, all of these things that we've talked about in the last, you know, uh, 10 minutes here, <laughs> it's all so heavy. It's it like is. I see a trend of like almost um, our attraction to... Um, trying to recover from grief and yes. and um, the realism of life. and mm -hmm. Which is what I love. And I think that's why I'm drawn to so many of these is I feel like there's something about grief, loss, yeah. addiction, recovery from whatever it may be, mm -hmm. whether it's food, alcohol, drugs, and then finding that middle ground of finding the joy in life or the humor or allowing yourself to sit in those emotions. And something I love about shrinking Ted Lasso is finding the joy, finding the happiness, but also acknowledging our mental health, mm -hmm. acknowledging the anxiety, the stress that we live in, and being okay with that. Mm -hmm. And how do you how do you make life out of all that? Yeah, that's what I'm trying and to. And I absolutely, if people haven't seen Two Leslie, oh, I've seen oh, it. I know, so I of course you have. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean that's just so amazing. Uh, it's just such an extraordinary movie. Mm -hmm. Okay, we have to play a game. <laughs> oh my God. So coming up next. Mike's going to spin his wheel with game. It's the Adventures of Bradley and Dawn and my talk. 1071 Everything Entertainment. We thank Paul McGuire Grimes for hanging out with us for Bradley for an hour on Friday. This is flying by too fast. It is. And I just apologize. You've you've had to work hard to get me up to speed. Ah, yeah, um, right. Yeah, but. We're working hard, please. The thing is about this next segment is we don't have to. Well, we do have to work because we're going to play a game. <laughs> Time now to play along. It's Game Show Here's your host, Mike Ganger. Yeah! It's a game, which means it's it's fun work. It is so fun. You two are going to be working hard as uh, we will spin our wheel. Today, of course, Fridays, we work together as a team. That's it's the right. co-op version. Yes. It's no more head-to-head -head competition. You don't have oh, to, thank God. you know, compete against each other. You just yeah. get to play a game. And ruin our friendship. Together as one. <laughs> just kidding. No, you're not. Everybody who listens knows you're not. <laughs> Let's find out what we're playing today. All right. Ooh. Whoa. Family Feud. Okay. And as the wheel landed on Family Feud, I'm going to go look in here, and I'm seeing, uh, oh, how perfect is this? I've got a uh, movie-themed Family Feud. Ooh. 
So all the questions have a little movie theme to them. I Mike, are you the Richard Dawson first. in this position? <laughs> I yeah, am, we call but him I will... Bob for everything. <laughs> I am, but I will not kiss you. Okay. <laughs> Glad you got that reference. <laughs> of course. I date he... myself with my references. He's all about game shows, Mike he's is. A, so. he's great. A, he's a creepy dude. Uh, okay, let's roll through this. Who wants to start again? This is the co-op version. We're doing the fast money round. This is where you guys are trying to team up to come up with 200 points so your family can walk home with a car or $10,000. You're the same family. Yes. (laughs) Yes. We're in the same family. And I feel like. Who wants to go first? I feel like he should go first because he's going to get most of the points. Well, then get out of the studio. Okay, fine. (laughs) Okay, the end of the game. I have to put my family suit hat on. You know how they play the whole game. They work through, and then whichever family wins, one goes into a soundproof room, and the other family member runs through it. So what I'm going to do is ask you uh, these five rapid-fire questions. You're going to give me your best answer. We'll then go through the board, see how many points you collect, and then what Dawn has to do is get to 200 with uh, whatever's remaining, and she can't obviously repeat any of your answers. Okay. All righty. Are you ready to go? Ready. I'm not going to put a timer on. We'll just work through this in a in a swift fashion. Okay. But again, a little movie vibe to it. Nice and easy. Here we go. Which of the seven dwarfs describes how you feel after a couple of drinks? Dopey. Name a movie monster you think could take Dracula in a fight. God, Dracula? Godzilla? Uh, if Batman went broke, he just might have to sell his bat what? Mobile. Uh, tell us your favorite Marvel's Avenger. Uh, Captain America. Name the title of a Harry Potter book or movie. Goblet of Fire. All right. There you go. You got your answers Those were in. my real answers now that I'm thinking about it. I just said things off the top of my head. That's okay. Right. That works. And you, the whole point is you want to get as many matched with the 100 people that were asked these right. questions. So exactly. that is the key. So what we'll do is run through each one of these answers. You said on that first one, which of seven dwarves, or which of the seven dwarves describes how you feel after a couple of drinks? <laughs> you said dopey. <laughs> Which is a fantastic answer. Is Dopey on the board? It absolutely is. 22 people said Dopey. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad at all. Great start. Uh, You want to just keep the momentum going. The key is just not to be shut out. You're off to a fantastic start. Uh, Name a movie monster you think could take Dracula in a fight. You said Godzilla. Bad answer. I would agree. I think Godzilla could definitely take Dracula in a fight. And guess what? 31 people Whoa, agreed. That's the number yeah, one answer. That was, one. that was the number one I like answer. I was mixing universes, and I got all in my head. There's so many different, I think, movie <laughs> monsters that it's right. kind of been separated by a bunch. So yeah. uh, 31 is the number one okay, answer. Great. You got it. So you're already at 53 points. Yes. You're cruising right along. And I'm pretty sure you're going to do well in this next one, because if Batman went broke, he might have to sell his bat. What? You said the number one answer, and it was by a landslide. Batmobile, 73 people. You're at 126. Great. You might not even need her at this pace. We'll find out. Uh, Tell us your favorite Marvel's Avenger. And you said Captain America. It's really Spider-Man. The Captain came to my head first. Well, yeah, and you got to think maybe people are True. not thinking of Spider-Man. They're thinking of the original True. Avengers, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, when yeah. he hopped They're in core late. five. So, exactly. Yeah. So let's see. Is Captain America on the board? It absolutely yeah. is. And it's also number one. <laughs> You've got every single number one so far. Awesome. It, it's actually tied for number one. I'll okay. let you guess which uh, later who might I'll be up later, there. Later, but, later. Uh, yeah, we'll find out uh, when Dawn is in here. Uh, so you're at 148 with one to go. Name the title of a Harry Potter book and or movie. You said Goblet of Fire, correct? Correct, number four. You said Goblet of Fire. Is it on the board? 
It is. It's the you went from number ones all the way down the list to the final answer, just ten okay. points. Rude. But again, that was one, one that was better. that was one that was pretty separated. So one hundred and fifty-eight points. Not bad. Not bad. That's incredible. Yeah. Congratulations. Thanks. Wonderful Thank start. Let's grab Dawn here. Yeah, I can can go she grab see her. her? One moment. Yep. So she's gonna come. Nope. I got her. She's coming in now. So it's going yep. to be Dawn's turn. Hey. Don, how's it going? Yeah, it's going good. He, this uh, took a while. It took a while because I had to. My calculator's smoking right now. <laughs> oh my god! Of course, is it over two hundred points already? It's not. All oh. you have to do is get to two hundred points as a team. You're already at one hundred and fifty-eight. I knew it. That's why I wanted him to go first. <laughs> I, Let's see how terrible I do. What am I thinking about bringing the movie guy in to do the movie uh, theme? But, uh, <laughs> but here you were we go. Trying to be kind, uh, I think I, it's oh. it worked out well. So yeah. magic. Let's go with uh, Let's go with this one. Are you ready, Don? We'll I am. Run through them again. If you hear this sound, that means an answer has already been given. You need to give me a new answer. Okay. We'll start it off with this. <laughs> Which of the seven dwarves describes how you feel after a couple of drinks? Um, sleepy. Uh, name a movie monster you think could take Dracula in a fight. Godzilla? <laughs> oh, uh, movie monster? Oh, uh... Uh, got, uh, Frankenstein's monster? If Batman went broke, he just <laughs> might have to sell his bat what? Uh, his bat mobile. Another uh, answer. Uh, his, um, his, his, uh, servant guy. What's his name? <laughs> Alfred, but it's Alfred. bat what? But okay, that, oh, we'll bat, move on next one. Phone. Tell us, uh, your favorite of our, uh, Avenger. <laughs> Tell us your favorite Marvel Avengers. Oh, Thor. Okay, and uh, name the title of a Harry Potter book or movie. Um, Half-Blood Prince. All right. Let's uh, see how you did here. Again, you only need to get 32. It's always, or 42. It's always harder for the second person, obviously. Oh, my gosh. What if we don't get it because of me? It's Whoa. quite possible. I'm feeling positive. Okay. We'll find out. Uh, again, you are at 158. We've got to run through these pretty quickly. But uh, the first one you said for Seven Dwarves, describe the one you feel after a couple of drinks. You said Sleepy. Yeah. Is Sleepy on the board? Yeah. It is 17. Oh, 17 wow. said okay. Sleepy, so okay. you're at 175 as a team. Okay. Name a movie monster you think could take Dracula in a fight. Paul said Godzilla, which was the number one answer. Oh, mm-hmm. by the way, on that last one, Happy was the number one answer. Oh, Happy. Neither of you said that. I, yeah, okay. ba- bashful and grumpy also on the list. Okay. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's dopey. That's my second one. Which was the number two answer. Yeah. Uh, okay, all you need is 25 points here. Okay. Is Frankenstein on the board? It is. It is? Now, how many points is it? Uh, it's 26. You win. Oh, my God. You're kidding. I don't even think uh, that's true. Yeah, like, that's I a good really game. think that he's a lumbering, like, yeah. uh, Dracula's uh, going to drink his blood well, and he's going to be immortal. You uh, There's named no blood it, in there. And so did 100 people, uh, so, or okay. so 26 out of the 100 people. So congratulations. You got awesome. it. You guys are at 201. Uh, by the way, Batmobile was by far the number one answer. Batcave, Batcopter, Bat. Cave, Bat Cycle and bat plane were all on the list as well. Uh, you said a Thor. Only oh, f- yeah, I said Alfred, but I didn't yes. say Alfred because I couldn't remember. And the okay. question was his bat what? Oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, you said favorite Avenger, Thor. That was worth 15. Would have got you closer. Uh, Iron Man tied Captain America for Captain the most popular. That's what I said. Black Black Thor, I was like, shoot. Black Panther, the Hulk, uh, Spider-Man all in the mix. And then actually, if it got down to the last one, 
It wasn't on the board. Your answer was not on the board. Which what? One was it? Deathly Hollows was number one. Sorcerer's mm. Stone was second. Okay. Cursed Child. We're just bookending this. And then books. Goblet of Literally. Fire. Oh, so. really? So Half Blood Prince Half-Blood wasn't Prince on the board. Half Blood Prince wasn't even on the board. No, it's, that's a it great is a book. It is, yeah, it's okay. number six. <laughs> it wasn't on the Half-Blood board. Half Blood Prince. No, that's five. Are you a Harry Potter head? I enjoyed them. Okay. (laughs) You guys, thank you for joining us on this Friday. We hope you have a great weekend, and we will see you on Monday.